Hi, I'm Amanda. And I'm Kim. And this is The Department, a podcast about trends and how they define the world around us. Welcome to episode 63 here at the department. Look at us producing episodes again, getting out there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this this week I wanted to sort of piggyback off of Amanda's last trend episodes and talk about a trend that has been dubiously dubbed Avant Basic. Uh, We were actually asked by a reporter about this trend. They somehow found us, which, you know, was... If, if it felt like we were, you know, celebrities. Um, <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> but, I, but I also thought it'd be a really great trend for us to break down and to actually dissect more. Because I was like, I don't actually, I mean, I know it. I've seen it. We've all seen it. We all know what it is. Oh, my it's God. It's just got a name Seriously. Now. Yeah, exactly. Or it has had a name. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just, just a shitty name. <laughs> I know. But I hate it. We'll I hate it. it. I know. Especially because I love the trend. Um, I know. I know. Ugh. <laughs> But before we launch, I'm just going to do a super quick weekly reminder to nudge your friends and family and tell them to listen to us, you know, if they're looking for a new pod or if they really kind of like, you know, kind of thoughtful trend research, um, you know, it's definitely a a good podcast to push out there into the world. Um, And then second, you know, follow us on your preferred streaming service. Third, make sure to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. And if you have a little more time, uh, take it a step further and leave us a review. Five stars only here, folks. Maybe a four. No. <laughs> I am an overachiever. A four is not going <laughs> Yeah, you're right. Me too. I was just trying to be like, you know, nice. <laughs> there is nothing for about this. <laughs> um, and then last, you know, you can find us on Instagram at underscore the underscore department. Easy breezy. <laughs> And of course, if you want to deep dive more into our show notes and check out all the image image references that we have pulled and are referring to during this episode or any other episodes, go check us out on our website, thedepartment.world. We we paste everything in there. Every single week, we will put in um, all of the details. Yeah, seriously. A big portion of each episode, we literally write. It's mm-hmm. like a 10-page, 20-page essay about what we're going to talk about. So you can go read it all there. I also just want to remind you all that there is no way that we will ever completely cover every aspect of every trend. So if you think we missed something, you have something to add to the conversation, please, we love to hear from you. Uh, Drop us an email, DM us on Instagram, or send us a voice message. You can email that to us, or you can call our hotline number, Both of those contact details can be found at our website, thedepartment.world. And Kim, before Mm. we jump into tonight's hot Mm -hmm. topic Mm -hmm. with a bad name, (laughs) did did you watch the rest of And Just Like That? No, I haven't watched it. Oh, my God. Well, hopefully by the time we record our next episode, you will have. I have very mixed feelings about it. Mm. I'm looking forward to semi-complaining, not completely complaining with you when you watch it. Okay. (laughs) I actually have been really busy watching some really, really good other other series. I've been listening – I've been watching um, Gilded Age – Oh, it's on my list. Which is very good. It's, I mean, it's kind of slow, but like really good. But then I also, last night, Neil and I, um, we had a recommendation from one of his, one of his friends, um, Somebody Somewhere. Huh, it's on HBO. Okay. It okay. is phenomenal. And um, it features um, Murray Hill, who is, what, or is a drag king. Well, oh, he, he okay. was a drag king. He's a trans um uh, really popular and famous. He was always around Williamsburg when I was living there, mm-hmm. and he was in, he was like friends of friends. And I I was actually recalling this time that um, one of my friends went to Weight Watchers, the the Williamsburg chapter, um, 
of Weight Watchers. And it was just a bunch. It was Murray Hill and him and um, my friend, another one of my friends, um, Anise, who's just one of, one of the most amazing women. And all these drag queens apparently were there. And it was just like a riot to go to this um, this Williamsburg chapter of the uh, of Weight Watchers. Anyway, somewhere, someone somewhere is so good, and it is so poignant and really beautiful and really funny. Ugh, highly recommend it. Uh, I have to check this out. We finished watching Yellow Jackets, which I can't oh, yes. recommend highly enough. It's it's dark. Um, I can't wait for the next season. Recently, we started watching the uh, gosh, what is it called? It's called like Making Anna. Creating Anna. Oh, oh, I don't know. I've, I just finished watching it. It's the so Anna good. Delvey series. It's so good. It's so good. It's so loving good. it. Um, it's all we've been talking about. Oh my god! I'm just like we're, we're just we just sit and we're like on Wikipedia page after like. Me too. That's me the whole time. Uh, I like every hacking. article. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I feel like I'm an Anna Delvey uh, like expert now. Which, by oh, the way, yeah. if you don't know who that is, she was like the socialite grifter and you know i love a grifter yeah. the german heiress like the, the fake german heiress fake german heiress when are we gonna get the hipster grifter series because i would watch oh that God. i know bring it back it's all so in line with indie sleaze it's time uh, so uh-huh. i just wanted to call out a book i read last week it's okay. a fiction book it's called made for love i believe they actually made a series on i don't know some sort hbo perhaps that was an mm. adaptation of it um it's it's about technology and there are sex dolls and dolphins and it's just all really incredible and surreal so i highly recommend that too uh, wow look at us we're just look like at us <laughs> doing things i mean i uh just for all of you listeners to know i spent most of last week in las vegas for work and i will be going back there next week no i'm not a professional gambler i am not a card dealer I'm not a showgirl. I know you thought maybe I was in Cirque du Soleil. Uh, I'm actually just going to trade shows. The last week was like Magic, which is like the big fashion trade show. And it, to call it big would be a huge overstatement at this yeah. point. Uh, it was interesting. I saw a lot of what you're going to talk about tonight. Oh, cool. Trickling down into the less premium brands. Yes. Uh, I saw a lot of fruit fruit print so mm-hmm. y'all know um trending pastels still going strong and uh i saw really for lack of a better adjective extremely hoochie clothes where <gasps> i was like i don't yes. even know how that works but like yeah. like fashion nova basically yeah exploded there uh it's, it's <laughs> always <laughs> yeah it's always interesting to see because you know a big part mm-hmm. i mean magic is split into sections there's also um project which is the more like contemporary brands that are a little bit more upscale um and then magic is like the lower price point brands which we would buy a ton of at nasty gal at mod cloth plenty of retailers you would be surprised to see are buying from these vendors and so it's always interesting to see how fashion trends trickle down to the entry price point if you will i mean the only thing that would be cheaper than a lot of these brands would be like going to walmart or you know maybe target um although i'm seeing a lot of avant basic at target right now i went to target this weekend and there was so much checkerboard and so much other art direction there um i always just love to see how like how do you interpret fashion nova at the same price point as Fashion Nova, <laughs> right? Uh, how do you how do you interpret Lisa Says Ga at the yeah. entry level price point? I mean, you see copies of copies of copies mm-hmm. there, right? So, uh, really, I, I actually felt like even though the show was a lot smaller than it's been in a long time, it looked a little bit fresher to me because I saw not even one off the shoulder top. Oh, thank Praise God. Jesus, they're gone. But you can't the use minimal- your arms. <laughs> the really minimal like Scandinavian look. Remember when that was really big yeah, at the shows? Yeah. It was just rack after rack of like beige overcoat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. None of that. I saw so mm-hmm. much color and so much print. I saw I did see a lot of like uh this this is just never gonna go away. That like fake boho, you know what I mean. That like that's still never. there goes away less of it less of it than i've seen in the past and i just saw a lot more like whimsy and lightheartedness and color and it made me it just made me feel happy because Mm -hmm. you know when we began the pandemic two years ago uh supposedly we were all going to be depressed and wear sweatpants from now on Mm -hmm. so anyway 
That's all I got. Let's jump well, on in. Well, that's super great. That's a great starter for this. Um, and I'm sure, you know, this is obviously a audio um, masterpiece that we're producing here. So for all imagery of this, just go to Lisa's it says God and just open it up. You'll know what we're talking about. You <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. already know what you were talking about. But um, we also will have these images, like I said, in the show notes. Um, so Avant Basic is a culmination of all these like nostalgic trends that we have been covering. It's almost like we were, we've just been leading up to this giant overarching trend, you know, maximalism, nineties, oddies, nostalgia, all of that. Uh, it's evolved into the very recognizable trend movement led by the tastemakers of Gen Z and younger millennials, particularly in the social Instagram space. Um, mm. You know it when you see it, now you it has know a it. label. <laughs> yes. And yes. It, apparently has had a label for about a year. Um, I just, you know, learned about the actual name recently. <laughs> um, and you know how much Amanda and I love the word basic. Oh, so this yeah. name given to this style uh, has taken a rather subversive, but also demeaning association. But before we get into that conversation, let's just take a look at the trend itself. Um, I, I threw in some pictures here, Amanda. I mean, I already know that you already know what it is. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like just, checkerboards, checkerboards, uh-huh. checkerboards, green. Mm-hmm. Tops <laughs> with pants, lots of pants mm-hmm. that, like, like, that are like uh, novelty pants, checkerboards. Yeah, a lot of green. <laughs> Black and white, bold. Um, so Pop Sugar, the leader in cutting edge news over here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh just in case you didn't know that Kim was being sarcastic, like, wow, I couldn't, I can't believe Pop Sugar is still around. It's just like a vehicle for ads. When it I is. think of Pop Pop Sugar, I think of like tea that gives you diarrhea, but yeah. it's for dieting mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, well, they actually have a rather on point description. They, they do have good writers there, you know, we got to give mm-hmm. them props. Um, so this is what they say. Avant Basic is a kitschy aesthetic that features bright colors and funky patterns, which are taking over the fashion and home spaces. With psychedelic swirls, bohemian checks, and carefree prints, this style is reminiscent of summers back in the 60s and 70s. I agree, but it's not just that, however. Mm-hmm. I see twee. I see mm-hmm. 90s prep. I see club kids. I see early aughts pop icons and even the celebration of 90s and aughts mod revival. Needless to say, it's uh, this like nostalgia tornado, layering mm-hmm. memories and pop references that's super refreshing and decidedly the absolute opposite of millennial minimalism and quote unquote basic style. <laughs> more is more with checkerboard prints yin yang swirls butterflies happy faces and flowers it can be considered kind of like this like a dopamine dressing which has been trending on pinterest um Mm -hmm. bold bright dopamine inducing styles that bring joy to the everyday i've been doing that i've been just wearing like chartreuse like no one's business oh my god i love that for you yeah (laughs) i i mean i am excited to see this because like kim said a couple years ago, you'd go to market, you know, like when you're a buyer and you go to market, all you do is look at clothes all day mm-hmm. for days on end. And it all becomes a blur because there's not a lot of variety. The first few few brands you see, you're like, oh, my God, this is mm-hmm. all genius. And then you're like, wow, I've seen that 17 times yeah. now. By the Good end thing the I took pictures and didn't write POs. Exactly, because- exactly, exactly. And, you know, like there was just this period. I, I remember the first there was the period where everything was like bad, fake boho. And then it turned into like everything is solid beige, solid yes. like millennial pink salmon-y, mm-hmm. you know, just these – very uh, a color palette inspired by the Kardashians for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, everything and then everything got really athleisure-y, oh. even if it was like a higher end brand yep. and that was like more that would always be more fashion than function. It still got athleisurely. Even brands that didn't do athleisure, like I think like Just Female, for example, would have like sweatpants and sweatshirts that were like yeah. that beige color on their line. You know, it just yeah, hundred percent. It got really really depressing. Uh, and if you're a person who loves color, who loves print, there there wasn't much there for you. Like the prints that did exist just weren't that great. And but the, the customer also wasn't necessarily 
into that as much either. There wasn't as much of a demand for it. It's true. I mean, and like ostentatious. Spoiler here. uh, A lot of times the industry gets it wrong Mm -hmm. and it's not what customers want. And we would buy like, well, I mean, this is what everybody's doing is like beige sweat sets. I guess we'll do it (laughs) new. And no one bought it. Right. Cause like that, how's that, how does that feel special to you? Yeah. Um, so when we start, I know we're going to talk more about Lisa says God, but when, I first saw Lisa Sesga a few years ago. I was like, this is so fresh and exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a hard time selling it at work. Like, it it didn't perform the way I thought it would. Now I'm sure mm-hmm. it's like gangbusters. It oh, just yeah, hadn't. 100%. Our customer just wasn't as cool yet. This is when I was working for a rental platform. Uh-huh. Um, I'm sure it's gotten there now, but it felt so avant-garde to me mm-hmm. rather than avant-basic, you yeah, know? A hundred percent. Of course. Um so I I, 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 I go on to say, essentially, you know, it basically is like, think about virgin suicides meets, meets Wes Anderson meets Clueless. So it's just like a very aesthetically dri- driven nostalgia tornado, as I, as I mentioned <laughs> earlier. <laughs> so the leaders in this movement, as, as Amanda has actually already alluded to, and we've talked about, um, are the tastemakers in retail, which is interesting that have built a cult following amongst digital tastemakers in the social space. It's not coming from runway necessarily. It's literally coming from a curated aesthetic. Uh, so not surprisingly, Lisa Sesga uh, really planted the flag and helped to define this trend as a strong force in the curated multi-label retail establishment. And now multi-label retail has taken a really big hit recently. Mm-hmm. I mean, really actually over the past 10 years, it's kind of been a struggle. You know, brands are going straight to DTC, selling on their own websites, cutting out the middlemen and, you know, making it really hard for a lot of these multi-label retailers to compete Mm -hmm. with that. Top that off with less than ideal margins. You know, the winners in this space, and, you know, I'm sure we actually have some people listening here because we do have a lot of, you know, uh, retail um, aficionados that listen, um, you know, to win, you have to have a really strong point of view. That's really the mm-hmm. only way that you can be successful. Um, it's true. Unless, unless you have a ton of money. I don't know. But you have to have a really strong point of view. And their success to build a cult following really came from that appreciation towards curating a, like Amanda said, a fresh aesthetic. They sourced international brands to transcend the mundane and the overdistribution of, you know, domestic brands. Um, they define themselves on their website as quote unquote virtual treasure hunt, which I think is a perfect symbolic descriptor of what they yeah, are. Yeah, I love that. I mm-hmm. love that. And I think like, you know, we've talked, I don't know if we talked here on this show about it. We definitely talked about it when you were on Clothes Horse. Uh, we talked about need supply. And there was a time when need supply felt fresh and exciting and yes. created like Lisa Minimal. Sesca. That yeah, was the cool and thing. at a time when that was hard to find, mm-hmm. it really stood out. And then everybody else became minimal. Mm-hmm. Need supply didn't really evolve. They started buying. Did their price point go really high? It did. They, they started buying. They did really the same thing. Stuff. Yeah, they were. They're like, here's some like uh, I don't know, Margiela or whatever the hell. You know, it's very alienating to the customer base. It is. It is. We know it happened to us at Nasty Gals. Yes. Yeah. Well, and speaking of Nasty Gal, Amanda. Did you know Lisa when she was at Nasty Gal? No, I think she left right before me. Yeah, she had left before I got there. I mean, you were there before I got there. So, because um, Lisa from Lisa Scott actually worked at Nasty Gal prior and kind of like, um, kind of went off um, into her own trajectory. And so I actually dug a little more into her story. Um, and she was really at the forefront of innovation in the fast fashion space. You know, Reformation was doing it a bit before, but the style was the seed to help define its own vision that could actually resonate, not just with millennials, but with the younger Gen Z that were starting to take over, you know, Mm -hmm. as, as Reformation, we know just kind of looks like Macy's, um, it really, oh man, I mean, you just nope. nailed it. Sorry. I haven't but- <laughs> looked at Reformation in so long because it just felt so tired. Yeah. You know? It's just like I- boho dresses. and But yeah. that used to be super fresh. It used to be yeah. really fresh. I it mean, did. They, I they've mean, been around since like 2009. 
remember, I remember being at meetings at Nasty Gal. We were fretting about reformation, oh, yes. stealing our customers. Uh huh. And, and I kind of wonder who happened. their customer is now. You know? Yeah. Like who? I always who felt shops like the there? price. Who? I think a, pe- a lot of people still shop there. I think it really is the younger millennial that's really still. I mean, I went to a, like I went to like a party, like a, a holiday party. Uh-huh. Um, with like a bunch of cool, some of the coolest like Gen Zers, and it looked like they were all wearing Reformation. And wow, I was just like, go "Wait, figure!" Because you would like, think it was chuggy at this point. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. It was like kind of like not—I wouldn't say prom dresses, but you know, just like you know, delicate dresses. And I was like, "This seems really off-brand. Like, where am I?" <laughs> I was like, "Why am I the coolest dressed person in this room? I'm the oldest." Um, yeah. That's. <laughs> Not to be rude, but no, I'm just kidding. But I'm not really kidding. Um, but yeah, I remember just being like, it looks like everyone's wearing Reformation, but maybe I don't know. I don't know where people are shopping, but um, they were not wearing, you know, Comme des Garçons or anything. Um, so you know, uh, Lisa says Ga isn't really the only leader. Of course, you know, they couldn't have done it without some of the brands that have stood out and really help define this aesthetic. So we've talked about it before. Paloma Wool is also yes. a tastemaker in this space. Same with Holiday the Label and actually quite a few other brands. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of them, Lisa says Scott carries alongside their own label. So it's kind of like this, um, this force of a community of these like makers that they've sort of brought together to define this aesthetic. It's really interesting. So I, like I said, I was at Target last week. Yes. And I saw so much stuff there that was a knockoff of Paloma Wool or Lisa Says Ga. Uh, and it was – I was getting upset. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then – okay, here's the weird thing. There were, a cu- there were a couple tops that were specifically such a knockoff of those two yes. brands. I wanted to go onto the website and share them on Instagram to see like, hey, is this Paloma Wool or is it Lisa Says Ga? It's actually neither. And none of that stuff is available on their website. And oh I can't help but think that that's not a coincidence. On purpose. Yeah. Oh, my God. You should have taken pictures and sent them to the I world. know. I know. I totally should have. Anyway. I mean, it's th- that's where it is now. Like, Avant Basic has arrived. It is. I mean, if it's, got, if it's trickled down to, you know, mass national accounts, then um, – you know, I'm very curious to see what, where it's going to go from here. But I mean, the mo- the mi- minimal movement lasted for ten years. You know, it, really it evolved, did. but it lasted yeah. for like ever. It yeah. was just constant. So, I mean, we know that these trends, you, you know, that they have a time, but they also can have staying power if people really like them. So, additionally, in the uh, this is actually a full lifestyle. You know, I'm sure everyone's noticed this. It crosses over into the home and interior space, which references one of our other podcasts we did on maximalism and maximal interiors. Um, here, you can see that trend poke out in those bright, bold colors, iconic symbols like the yin yang, happy face or clouds, checkerboard prints, fuzzy things, and wiggly things. I mean, it's just fucking fun, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so interestingly, um, these these brands that we had talked about and Lisa Sesca have one thing in common besides aesthetics. They all have been embracing a more sustainable, anti-fast fashion essence using small-scale uh, local production, uh, sometimes dead stock materials or other sustainable materials. They also have taken to educating their hungry following to not just make more conscious choices, but make them cool. I think it definitely is one of the reasons why that that sustainable mindset has really resonated with this younger audience because it's become really cool. Uh, So Abby Jones writes in her own blog, uh, in contrast to the Everlane core blandness that has been associated with sustainable fashion, those are, that's in quotes, by the way, uh, earth tones, wardrobe staples, an overall air of minimalism, the clothes sold by Lisa Sesga are anything but boring. At least that seemed to have been the original intention. Now that micro-influencers, a.k.a. everyday people with a few thousand dot followers, have latched onto the brand and its aesthetics by the numbers, its presence has become overwhelmingly in the Instagram fashion world. 
all of a sudden, checkerboard pajama sets and cow print trousers are no longer the statement pieces they were designed to be. So she continues and says, I hadn't seen a single brand adored so vehemently by so many wealthy white women since I was a middle schooler walking amongst a sea of Abercrombie. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> so there's, a lot, there's a lot to unpack in this. Yeah. It, it, I, I, you know, as I was, you know, I was just looking at the trend originally, and then I was like, wow, there's actually a lot of more elements, way more that meets the eye, and actually a lot to argue with, but from, from what she's saying also. Like, I don't totally agree with, she, with what she's saying, but I, I have been reading this type of thing. Um, so let's actually just start from the beginning and the okay. inception of the name Avant Basic. Okay. Okay. So breaking down the name, there's a woman named Emma Hope Allwood. She was the head of fashion at Dazed Magazine for like six years until 2020. She's now a creative consultant. Um, she has a check next to her name on Twitter. So she's clearly legit. Um <laughs> <laughs> she's considered a voice in cutting edge trend. And she christened this name originally in December of 2020. Um, she clearly also subscribes to the trend herself. If you stalk her like I did and check out her Instagram. So I don't think she coined the name necessarily as an insult at all. It just right. was. So I know she posted it on Twitter. Like, yeah. like I, I think that our problem with this is that the word basic has been ruined, right? Yeah. And maybe what she was really saying is like the true meaning of basic before it got ruined, which is like everyday wearable staple staples, mm -hmm. rethinking that instead of it being like yeah. basic, you know, plain t-shirt and some basic plain skinny jeans and some basic plain shoes. Yes. How about your day-to-day basic? Yeah. You're like, Oh, don't I am so anti Everlane. I would go I pick it outside their office just because they make <laughs> me so angry. Um, anyway, I mm -hmm. I feel like she's saying like, hey, you could – I don't know. Like I'm going back to yeah. this idea of the capsule wardrobe, right? Which I feel like peaked uh, – not really peaked, but began to emerge maybe like 10 years ago. And it was always the same stuff hanging in the capsule wardrobe, right? It was like black pants, black dress, mm -hmm. a blazer, maybe some sort of overcoat. A striped shirt, a couple button-ups. Right, mm -hmm. exactly. And the idea was that it was these very basic staples that you would wear over and over again. But that was off-putting for a lot of people who were like, I actually like a lot of color. I like prints. Mm -hmm. Why can't I have a capsule wardrobe? And I feel like that's kind of what she was probably saying with this name is like your yes. basics, your go-to can be saturated fun. and yep. fun. But unfortunately, we hear the word basic now, thanks, internet, mm -hmm. and we, like, yeah. cringe. We're like, oh, what an insult. Yeah. Well, Allwood does go on to say this was – so basically she posted this on Twitter back in 2020. It, she basically – she put up, like, a – it looks like a Instagram shopping feed that was, you know, a curated shopping feed um, that mm -hmm. she was being presented. And she says, I hereby christen this style Avant Basic. And then hmm. she goes on to say, it's algorithm fashion, quirkiness in the age of mechanical reproduction, vintage without the effort. Hmm. Um, I like and what, that. what I feel like she's saying is that we don't necessarily need to rely anymore on runway um, or fashion magazines to tell us what the in-style is. The Instagram algorithm actually tracks what's trending and what people are liking and presents it to us instantaneously without even trying. Oh, totally. Um, and... You can also get this look, which is the, like the in look without li like without thrifting for it, which we all know is a, you know, it's a job in itself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the name of the checkerboard game. So let's continue to break, break down this name. All right. Avant comes from the word avant-garde, which we all associate with Catherine O'Hara in Beetlejuice. Uh, <laughs> we all, all of us, all of us, you, you know, in the, like, I would say the late aughts and then the oddies avant-garde was a great search term. Uh, if you were searching for yes. vintage on eBay, that's where you would find the coolest stuff. So yes, totally. I guess we all do think it's Catherine O'Hara and Beetlejuice. A <laughs> hundred. I mean, I put some pictures up here and I'm like, yeah, that's avant-garde. Uh, yeah, avant definitely. Really is, <laughs> it's definitely. shunning, 
I mean, norms. What is normal in society? Like, what is what is normal in fashion altogether? You know, basically in that fashion space. So it used to be applied to like Condorcet and Yoji, like really high design, sculptural, and not necessarily flattering cuts that were completely against the mainstream or even trending trends, where it was really in a class all by itself. Like, you know, the Condorcet. Uh, you know, structural uh, blazer or something maybe was so (laughs) out of the realm of what uh, even like a hipster would wear or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, totally. It's, you know, it's basically just, it, it, it it could be in a museum by itself. Um, And then basic, you know, it means it's so ubiquitous that literally even the boring UGG wearing white girls are also wearing it. Or basically, it's just surpassed the tastemakers and early adopters and is now in the late late majority phase of the lifestyle and has made it fully Dark. gasp mainstream. Yep. Yep. Sad. Yeah, I did put a little <laughs> meme up here for you to show you the, <laughs> the basic girls. I'll put that on uh, the show notes. Make everyone look at the show uh, notes. We're talking skinny jeans. Oh my god! I yep. forgot about it. Oh, there's, there's an infinity scarf. Uh huh. There are two infinity scarves in this photo. Uh, yeah, they're really. Then there's uh, two Ugg Uggs. boots with the skinny jeans tucked in. Obviously, mm-hmm. you couldn't put them out over. That'd be ridiculous. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is this is. I still see this everywhere I go. Right. Yeah. Uh, I actually saw a lot of people dressed this way in Vegas last week. Take really? that for what it's worth. <laughs> but. I want people to wear what makes them feel comfortable and wear it a lot. And so, like, if that's truly where you – I mean, I don't know. You know what I say the saving grace is here? I don't know Mm. where you could buy a brand-new eternity scarf right now. So I'm glad that these women are re-wearing them. Yeah, they're buying secondhand or wearing what they still have. And, I mean, the thing is, like, if we looked at this 10 years ago – We'd have been like, oh, okay, like it's on trend, you know. Ten years before that, we'd been like, this is cutting edge. Do these people travel from the future in a time machine? So (laughs) it's just, it's just, you know, this is the nature of style, Mm -hmm. of trends. It's not style, it's trends. And man, it's just funny how fast they they pass, I guess. But not really. Yes. You know, they get 10 years sometimes. I mean, these girls are clearly also college students, so it's not like you know, they're going to the office or anything that, um, <laughs> this is true. They're, they're, not, they're not going to a trade show or anything. <laughs> they could be going to a trade trade show. Okay. A lot of the stuff I saw people wearing at the trade show last week was like that fake boho. It's still going guys. I <sighs> boutiques all over the world. Fascinating. Selling fake. Fascinating. boho. Yeah. Okay. Now that we have the backstory of the, of, of all of this, let's put, together some of these elements so first of all this trend is considered basic or ubiquitous um not in the everyday or every person might i add but amongst the influencer community so where the fuck does it leave everyone else well influencers even micro influencers in the fashion space who are exploring the virtues of the latest trends and are considered to be at the forefront of fashion would likely be considered either early innovators or early adopters in that innovation adoption life cycle. Really like the first people to the scene of any trend. So calling this trend basic a year or two in sounds a little elitist to me. Um, I mean, when every influencer who was showcasing their minimal aesthetic for literally 10 years prior to this were considered at the forefront of fashion and style for 10 years. You know who's my least favorite influencer? First oh off, God, I don't I follow wait. a lot of influencers because, like, I just, I, I just can't. It's just not for yeah. me. And there's one influencer who keeps coming up in the fashion world because everybody hates them now. Who is the chuggiest of all influencers? This influencer has never addressed avant basic even, and that is Danielle Bernstein, who. Oh, yes. In my opinion, not only is she a rotten person based on what I has have seen and heard about her, rotten. she is dress. Her style is, I mean, I hate using this adjective. It's chuggy. Like she mm-hmm. hasn't adopted avant basic. She's still dressing the way she did like three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's this, it, actually her style feels very nasty gal to me. So maybe take it back even further. Like she kind of yeah. got stuck. 
which happens to a lot of us. I recently learned on NPR that after 29, a lot of people never listen to new music again. Oh, really? Yeah. That actually makes sense. Because you know how, like, you know, you'd see your mom's friends and they always look kind of out of date or their haircut was always like, it felt like it was from like 10 years prior. I, I feel like that's, that's the case. You just get stuck. You get, you love a trend and and you can't give it up. And then you make your daughter get a perm in middle school when it is like very over and go to school (laughs) like that. I'm speaking from experience guys. I, yeah, I I I wanted it. I also like look like back at like our our mom's generations and they like the only there were only like two places they could really pick up fashion trends were like magazines and television, you know, and then yeah. so they might or they the mall. might right. And so they might see some trendiness reflected around them, but probably not. I think mm-hmm. a lot the biggest trends of those per- of those time periods were really focused on either the wealthy or the very young. And so you just kind of got stuck there because no one was serving you anything else. You know, I also think like our moms are, I hope the last generation that subscribed to these ideas that like at a certain age, you got to give things up, like no mini skirts after 30, cut your hair off. You can't wear sleeveless shirts. Like all this stuff Mm -hmm. that I've heard come from my mom's mouth and from other women, my mom's age. uh, I hope that we finally have like, cut that out of our lives but I do think like you know yeah sometimes we're like this is what I've been doing and I'm just going to do it forever I think that's where Danielle Bernstein is but it's unfortunate because she makes her living off of being stylish you know mm-hmm. yeah and a rotten being person. a tastemaker yeah. Yeah. and being yeah, a rotten not person. anymore but her house is hilariously minimal where you're mm. like how does does someone live there like do you guys not even have like one magazine is this, is this staged? <laughs> yeah. I That was, you know what, that was my the least favorite thing about the minimalist decor era on Instagram is that everything was so staged and odd that I was like, is do you really live this way? Or, because that's weird. Or, like, did you just spend 30 minutes hiding every one of your possessions? It just felt weird. Yes. Soulless soulless yes fake yeah totally so um you know going back to this like you know influencers you know saying that the style is rather ubiquitous and calling it basic so really what is ultimately so bad about people wearing the same thing anyway like, like who how- cares <laughs> how how people can- live their lives I know. I hate that. I do do too. But also, you know, like within the influencer space, how can influencers support these actual sustainable fashion labels and causes when they're just chasing the next high and trying to to out-fashion everyone else in like an endless stream of single-use apparel? So I feel like that conversation needs to change and these influencers have the platform to do so. Absolutely. It's interesting to see who has made that shift and who hasn't. Like Mm -hmm. I – got into it I was brought into a group conversation on Instagram like a week or two ago about this Amazon influencer not Amazon the river but like the website as oh, you know okay. or maybe didn't know Amazon is the number one retailer of clothing in the United mm-hmm. States now and this person is an Amazon influencer they strictly repost Amazon outfits and you know share Amazon ideas and their stories and I'm assuming there's some sort of affiliate Yes. Uh, involved, you know, some money changes hand there. Um, and this person is a bad person, not because they shill for Amazon. Like, I get it. Everybody needs to make a living. I've worked for some really unethical companies in my life. Mm-hmm. But she, someone posted a TikTok uh, about, you know, like, it's time for us to start talking about, like, how we can influence people to shop secondhand and, you know, not buy so much fast fashion and stuff like that. And this... Amazon influencer just like lost her shit and like got all of her followers and she has like hundreds of thousands of followers to harass this person off of social media and was like you are like elitist and you're hateful and and I was just like wow like I thought we all knew that Amazon was evil well first off This person never said a word about Amazon. The Amazon influencer just, like, lost their shit over it. And 
I kind of wonder, is that because you know in your heart you're right. You're doing something bad. Yeah. You just know, like deep I, down I know. in your psyche, you just got triggered. I would rather someone say, like, yeah, you're right. I shill Amazon clothes all day. Mm-hmm. Uh I gotta pay my bills. And I'd be like, yeah. touche. I get totally. it, girl. Right. That's a job. But, but instead was just like bullying some like activist. That's and I just not, that's not cool. I agree. We're we're due for a reckoning with influencers because they their work doesn't add up. Well, it adds up to overconsumption. I mean, influencers created the concept of wearing a new outfit for every Instagram post. And then it just became the norm for every person. The idea that you would have to have a new dress for every wedding you went to in case you were photographed. For, yes. You needed a month of new outfits for your birthday month. Like all of these bad, wasteful behaviors. And even if they were like they themselves were wearing high-end clothing, they were often doing the affiliate links for Amazon or Walmart or companies that are are bad. They're bad companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, it's hard. And I, I don't know how we undo that because for every person like us who's like, I see the problem here – they're getting like tens of thousands of likes <laughs> on their photos. Yeah. People are cl- swiping up to go buy that thing off of Walmart mm-hmm. or Amazon. Like it works. Mm-hmm. How do we get to those people? Maybe it's less about the influencers and getting to the people who follow the influencers. I don't know. Mm. Maybe that's why well, Danielle Bernstein doesn't ever wear Lisa says ga because she's like, sorry, I pedal fast fashion over here. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, adding that name, that name basic to the end of a trend that is literally in its infancy. <laughs> it feels really, like it's, like, it's confusing. It's, yeah. It's like a weird smear campaign on this yeah. trend. I mean, granted, now that it's like in Target already, you know, um, it, <laughs> it I know, does but feel to be fair, those Target is like ahead of a lot of the other always. mass market retailers always. I don't know how they do it. Probably pay for a lot of trend research companies to help they them. They must because they're like even ahead of the game with like zero waste products and stuff like That's that. Cool. And anytime I see a Target ad, I get really emotional. I love Target. It check, I know. It checks all the boxes mm-hmm. for me as a person with really progressive values. I'm like, oh, yeah. a child's in a wheelchair trick-or-treating. Yeah. Check. With two moms. <laughs> check. Wait, is that one mom trans? Double check. Like, I, uh, yeah, like yeah, they yeah. get me, you know? And then yeah. I'm like, oh, wait, are your clothes made with slave labor? And I get really confused, you know? So they, um, Target has extremely difficult um, factory vetting processes. Oh, um, good. So, yeah, they have I mean, to get accredited by Target, because I'm actually working on a project, um, mm-hmm. it, you know, like, you do have to jump through a lot of hoops because they want to make sure that this is made properly. Um, mm-hmm. They they do, like, factory checks. It's it's a whole thing. So, Amanda, you are okay to shop <laughs> at Target. I mean, like, I'm always going to say Target over Walmart because Walmart is a truly abysmal company. That literally on people like who work in the store in their new hire paperwork, their instructions for applying for food stamps and other government assistance. Cause they're like, Hey, just going to let you know, we're like never going to pay you enough to live. Hmm. You know, like that's a bad, I, I like to think target wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. If they have, let us know. We want to know. Yeah. Give us the deets. Yeah. Seriously. Give us the deets. <laughs> um, anyway, I was basically just saying, you know, it's c- calling something basic. Um, right when it's kind of just, you know, within one year or two years, just it, 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 it makes me sad because it's an aesthetic I've been really excited and psyched to see. Um, it also implies like this new conscious approach to fashion. And I welcome that. Um, but of course, this builds out a paradox. Um, as we all know, the leaders in this trend preach a more ethical and sustainable ap- approach to consumption, like we mentioned before. Um but this goes back to the Green Gap episode that we did um, when we discussed the Green Gap. I'll just say it again, uh, where local production, small batch, and sustainable materials inherently cost more. So mm-hmm. shopping with these cult brands is not always financially feasible. So of course, you know it can be sourced thrift, 
you know, you can source thrift or, you know, you can also basically rely on those really gross fast fashion companies um, to get the trend, unfortunately, which then goes kind of against the right. sustainability effort. So this is where the paradox of the trend comes in. So Kelly Weekman from In the Know writes, Avant Basic is now one of the most mainstream aesthetics among influencers, might I add. Um, not everyone can wear it. In a common fa- uh, fashion world paradox, ethical sourcing means steeper prices. So for ex- uh, instance, Lisa said, says gauze, iconic straight-legged cow pants cost a cool $140. Meanwhile, you can choose from a number of similar styles on fast fashion site. Shane. Is that right? Sheen? Shane? Sheen. Sheen. I Sheen. Just I know you hate them for one-tenth of the price. And I know that you hate them so I do much. hate them. I just uh, texted you two things. One was oh. I went into the Sheen website and I searched checkerboard. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, just pages upon pages. And some of this oh, yes. looked exactly... Oh, like yes. Lisa says, Ga. Then I went on to search cow, cow print. More than okay. 10 pages of Whoa. search results came up. Um, most of them horrible. But some of them, I was like, yeah, I could see this on the Lisa says, Ga website. Um, it's it's rough. This? this cow pattern buttocks workout resistant band. <laughs> or this like <laughs> cow print... <laughs> Hanky hem halter top. What garbage. It's $5. A cow oh. print steering wheel cover for $3. There's a, uh, a cow pattern <laughs> cartoon embroidery 3D ear design like romper. Oh my God. There's a, oh my God. There's like a, a cow butt phone. It's, oh my God. This place. Yeah. This is I mean, like, I can imagine I mean, why people are shopping on here because it's cheap. Uh, it's, the cheapness is like shocking to me as a person who's worked in this industry. I'm like, some of these prices are like the cost of goods. Unbelievable. Yes. Right. Yeah. It's just shocking to me. Here's a three pack. That is a cow print bikini top, bikini bottoms and skirt. Eight dollars. That's three pieces. I know. I, mean, I know. I mean, hopefully you're not wearing that alone, but you know, I mean, it's it's really, really bad. There's the set of cow stickers that are total knockoffs of, like, other artists I've seen. Or you could get a cow print wall sticker for $3. That's the size of a door. Uh, Whoa. Wow, there's so much cow. Who's wearing these cow ears? Girls, cow graphic <laughs> hair hoop. I don't know. What? Uh, oh, my God. I did see the, the cow print wall sticker that's over the door. Oh, this, wow, is yeah, like, pe- this is like this is how people well. get sucked into this, right? Because it's mm-hmm. so huge, everything is so cheap. It's well, this so is what terrifying. happened when H and M came to the United States back in the aughts. I remember being like, you know, you, you could go to it in like New York, and you were like, Whoa. oh, totally, totally, and you would be like, what? Stuff. Have you it's ever thought so about getting horrible. a checkerboard bedspread <laughs> set with a lace ruffle? Because they have that. Oh, $33. Yes, a little spendier. So glad. Yeah. Uh, this is like makes H&M look like the most expensive store on earth. And like to be fair, yes. uh, I, and to be clear, I guess I would say, my problem isn't that they make these clothes. My problem is that those prices don't make sense. And I always say on Close Source, it's cheap because someone didn't get paid. Mm-hmm. You can't sell a plus size checkerboard pattern sweater for $9. You can't do that ethically. No. no way. It's ridiculous. No way. <laughs> ridiculous. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, don't go look because I don't want you to accidentally buy something. Anyone who's exactly. listening. Just take our word for it. There's a lot exactly. of stuff. Some of the stuff on Checkerboard, I was like, that is an exact copy of Lisa Says Ga. Like, I've oh, seen this 100%. Before. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, well, let me continue with this quote. Um, okay. After this Sheehan uh, layover. <laughs> Glad we did it. This is like, guys, I want everyone to know that about, it was early in the pandemic. It was close to two years ago. I remember this night in Philadelphia when I was still living there, laying in bed with, and talking to Kim and all we did for like two hours was look at Fashion Nova. It was like three hours of laugh crying and it was because each other. Because people were really, are like, I mean, I don't know if it's the same now, but like people really loved Fashion Nova so much that they would be 
doing all these haul videos, tagging themselves constantly. I tend to think Fashion Nova is getting beaten by Shein right now. That's my guess. Oh, yeah. uh-huh. I just don't – I don't hear about Fashion Nova a lot these days. I hear about Shein constantly. I think Shein has more variety. Um, but – we had not had a lot of experience with Fashion Nova. We had a friend who interviewed there. Uh, that was mm. about it. And mm-hmm. like, I was like, wow, I can't believe how loyal their consumer base is in a way that yeah. it never was at Nasty Gal. Like, shocking. So, anyway, we mm. could, Kim and I could spend a few hours just looking at Shein and talking about it on the phone. We might have to do that. <laughs> I know. That's, we'll just have one full episode of going through Shein. <laughs> like if you agree, and we'll do it. Do it. If enough of you ask, we'll Maybe do it. Maybe like a live, a live video recording. Send us a list of words you would like us to search, and we'll pick our favorite. We'll do a live recording of us doing it. Uh, that, sounds, that doesn't sound uh, narcissistic at all. But anyway, if you're interested, to let Not us know. All. We won't have to research yeah. anything. We'll be like, we can roll exactly. right into this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just yeah, open up a couple, a couple uh, uh, white claws, and yeah. just go to town. Just go to town. Gosh, that actually sounds like really fun. Anyway, <laughs> it does. I, I feel like I feel like less research, more um, impromptu of uh, uh, shopping trend, tr- shopping and trend research, live live shopping trend research. <laughs> Yes. With with professional buyers. Get our feedback. <laughs> like, like maybe maybe yeah. you want to send us the weirdest thing you've seen on Shein and like get our opinion mm-hmm. on it. <laughs> yeah, like we, I said, the re- I actually am very I'm into the I'm very curious because I, I have a feeling, you know, like whenever I'm doing trend research, I'll go to these websites and you know, I'll try to look for the best sellers, trying to figure out where you know, obviously these fast fashion companies are chasing trends, mm-hmm. like in in a heartbeat. So if you see something that's like starting to trend, it means that they had something that sold really well. Yes. As absolutely. Kind of follow those trends. I mean, I think that's a really important call out. Two things that are are harder to spot in Shein and yet easy to spot as a buyer. You know, one is like if something sells that you as a buyer have in your assortment, you do everything you can to expand that idea. So like if you brought in a pair of checkerboard pants and they sold, then you're going to do a checkerboard skirt and then maybe you'll do a checkerboard yep. skirt shirt. And then it's like a dress and then it's a phone case and then it's a bikini. We're going to add color. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. I'm going to do a smaller print. I'm going to do mixed sizes, mm-hmm. uh, all, all, exactly. all kinds of stuff. Like you'll just keep expanding it until like everything around you is checkerboard in one way or another. And, <laughs> exactly. Or cow print. Right. So that's like one thing. Like I'm like, oh, I see. Like I can go on to your average retailer's website and I can be like, oh, I can see what happened here. Let me tell you. But mm-hmm. what's interesting about Shein, uh, to drop some e-commerce, basic mm-hmm. e-commerce business mm-hmm. knowledge on everyone. You already know this, Kim. You you know, the okay. stuff that uh, as it appears on the website, the order it appears on a page is not random. If you are good at running your business, you're actually putting your best sellers at the top, right? Or at maybe and or the things you bought the most of because you want, you know, people don't, some people are like, I don't have time to scroll through 10 pages of cow print, right? I'm going to look at the first page and make my decision from there. So you always want your best sellers and your biggest buys to appear first looking at the Shein website mm-hmm. i'm like i don't get wait what is the is the cow print headband a top seller like it's a little confusing right so there's this i okay i just went to their their front page i was just curious what the latest <laughs> drops are you should <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> they have this like it's kind of like this like almost like um tropicana these like tri-layered Oh, pants with like tropical pl- prints and stuff. Mm. It's very tropical. I think they're trying to co- copy Farm Rio. It does look like a Farm yeah, Rio copy, yeah. yeah, but sexier. Yeah, well, yeah. It's like real. It's like sexy. Farm well, Rio. also because like to make a full Farm Rio dress is going to cost a lot more than ten dollars because you need all that fabric. So, I mean, they're very inclusive, which here. I love. I mean, the entire. Yeah, I know the entire page is actually these like beautiful black women in in different sizes and that's like they don't even have a white woman oh i finally got to a white woman that is 
that's amazing. I know, like I hate you don't see I that hate every to day. say that. Like she and you're doing a better job than most of the big retailers here in the United States about showing a cross section of women, which is Oh my god. Amazing. I just got I just got to a collection that is looks like it's like um Army E Girl. Oh man. Like it's it literally looks like a uh, it's like army print, but also like techie, and it's so bizarre to be a fly on the wall of this creative meeting. One of their category landing pages is elegant lady. <laughs> oh yes. Okay, I gotta get out Okay, of yeah, shoot. anyway. Okay, we're tell us if you want the next episode. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it is. I just like we might just do it. I just want to end. Might, it might yeah, just be us yeah, talking. Totally. I just want to end this like, like this conversation about Shein. I just want to say this again. As a professional <laughs> buyer, I'm looking at the retail prices on this uh-huh. website. That's the cost as a buyer in the fast fashion industry yeah. that I'm used to paying. I'm used to selling it to customers for three, four times that. So I'm just, I'm just shocked. I'm just shocked by the pricing, and that's what disturbs me. And it makes yeah. me mad that they're well, yeah, doing a good know, job in other ways because I just want to hate them completely. And I can't. Yeah, you know they've cut every single corner oh, yeah. known to mankind. Yeah, for sure. From materials to production to people, everything yeah. is just it's ridiculous. Anyway, hashtag she okay, okay, going back into going back into this quote. I know you guys are just like dying to hear the rest <laughs> of this quote. Um <laughs> We talked about Shein for like 20 minutes. I'm sorry. No. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> okay, so all right. So this is that this is this is uh, Kelsey Weekman from In the Know. Remember, she was the one that was talking about how you know you can get these cow print pants for $140 or you can go on Shein and get them for a tenth of the price. Uh-huh. But like there's like you know, every single style known to mankind. Um so because of this, Avant Basic is extremely popular amongst influencers with millions of flowers, followers, and even micro-influencers with thousands. But onlookers don't have access to the status symbols. When fashion lovers on a budget do splurge on these statement pieces, they fade out within a season as new funky patterns emerge. Additionally, the fact that this style is already considered quote-unquote basic has drawn an ear, ire? Ire. ire on social media Especially since these brands are purportedly, oh my god, are you drunk? <laughs> I'm not. I drank some coffee. Purportedly, yes, right? purportedly. Ugh, I clearly don't use that I word mean, often. Would? Nor do I use the word ire. <laughs> um, purportedly fighting against the principles that enable fast fashion. Which does help build up this paradox. So essentially what she's saying is that even though the brands that have built this aesthetic with the intention of building something consciously sustainable, it's causing this domino effect that is inherent in the fashion industry, especially in this social media charged environment that turns over trends and builds demand for newer, faster and cheaper. So it brings in the question of longevity into the space of sustainability for a trend that is so eccentric, how bright can it burn and for how long before becoming out of fashion so how can we defeat fast fashion when even the people driving the impetus for change are also fueling the same system that destroys Mm -hmm. it it's a paradox it's hard so obviously you know um for uh for consumers that are jumping on board this trend you know Investing in pieces that you can build into your wardrobe, rewear, restyle over again, and, you know, try to get them from these small makers is something I highly recommend. Or, you know, you know, dig into the retail world uh, and source vintage pieces reflective of the trend. Um, just don't shop Shein at all, please. please. Um, I actually, that was actually one of my last comments, but um, I also have a, co- a suggestion for any companies that are out there listening. Cause you know, all these, you know, big, Oh yeah, totally got podcast. Jeff Bezos on the horn. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, there is a company that I have been exploring for uh, graph lands called recurate ah. that I think is just doing something so freaking amazing. So I stumbled across them and we're working on partnering with them this year for our own e-commerce site. And so they've, they actually just launched with Claire V and it was one of their biggest launches. They also do Rachel Comey and like a bunch of other kind of cool brands. Um, and it essentially lets you own 
uh, it lets your own customers sell their pieces on a platform hosted on your own website. So it's a resale mm-hmm. that you can host on your own site. So it's just this really cool program. So customers can resell their goods to the community of active consumers who maybe can't afford the new product um, and not necessarily afford any new purchases, but they can come in and get a slightly used version. And then also gives your, your, your customer the ability to resell with ease. So it just kind of builds in that circular model already in this like very like comfortable and nice setting that has, you know, engaged consumers ready to shop. I mean, I love that. I've been seeing more and more brands using that, um, like any sort of on-site resale. I'm trying to think, hold on, I'm going to tell you another one that brands have been using full, wait, is it full circle? Uh, yes, it's full circle mm. is another one. I love that people are making that. this easier because, you know, the people who love these brands, like love these brands, right? Mm-hmm. So put it on the website and let people buy it. And it's like peer to peer resale. You know, I yes, think it's amazing. Exactly. I love that so much. It's like constant, you know, it, I've been going through these presentations and it's just constant win-win, just win-win-win-win-win-win for everyone, for every single person involved. And it's just, it's awesome. Yeah. I I keep it going. I love that we're finally Mm -hmm. all cool with rewearing stuff. Yes. Well, not all of us, but (laughs) um, (laughs) I am. I am. I feel like I wear the same thing every day. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm a statement piece person, person, so I'm always dressed really crazy. But I also have had clothes like my mm-hmm. whole adult life that I still wear, you know. So, hundred uh, percent. I just want more of that. Like, I haven't really bought any of this avant basic stuff, even though I love it. I think it's really cute, and it appeals to me visually. I just like don't wear pants, and there aren't a lot of dresses in this area in this aesthetic. Uh, That's but true. I appreciate it. Well, the strawberry dress. Didn't you get the strawberry dress that made you sweat and yeah. stink? Oh, yeah, the stink dress. Yeah. <laughs> I had a dream <laughs> last night, actually, that I was I had to wear that dress. I was going to a fabulous party um, oh, where no. someone I had a big crush – in this dream, I wasn't married. And someone who I had had yeah. a big crush on for a long time was going to be there. And the, I was fretting about smelling. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Oh, I mean, and that that just is part of this like sustainability conversation of just garbage fabrics are not breathable. I know, I know. It's true. It's true. I I generally don't wear a lot of synthetic clothing anymore because I don't want to smell. And, you know, I just have really focused on when I'm like secondhand shopping, getting natural fibers. But man, every once in a while... It's so cute. It is cute. You gotta and, get it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like I have a few dresses uh, that are silky, which is another like trendy uh, Instagram brand, and they're all like this like synthetic. Um, mm. gosh, I'm blanking on the word. It's not taffeta. It's uh, oh gosh, sorry guys, I'm totally blanking. Any charmeuse? No, it's like fluffy and gauze. Uh, oh. I don't know. Uh, it makes you look like a big puffball, uh, but it makes you stinky. Mm. You know, um, and I don't wear like sucks. antiperspirant, so it's just a lot, guys. Sometimes fashion makes you stink. Girl, do you, what? I wear regular. I wear like <laughs> deodorant. Do you wear the crystal? No. Oh God, no, no. I actually, uh, if you're looking for, uh, listen, I have tried all the natural deodorants that are out there, Me too. and there are two that I swear by. One is called. Uh, oh my gosh, wait, hold on. I ha- I want you all to know about this. I love that this that this conversation has just uh, hey, he- gone to deodorant. Okay. Well, listen, people always ask. One is Hey Humans, which is actually mm. owned, I'm pretty sure, by Will Smith, a.k.a. The Fresh Prince. And it's a zero-waste mm. brand. You can get it at Target. It's $4.99, guys. It's really good. Whoa. It comes in like six or eight fragrances. It comes in a paper tube amazing uh another one i use is you can actually get from uh grove collaborative i'm pretty sure it's their house brand it comes in like a metal Mm -hmm. case and you just get a refill for it and it's like it reminds Mm -hmm. me very much of the hey human stuff in terms of fragrance and how it works and i'm a person who gets a rash from everything and neither of these two have given me a rash like chemical burns right right there's that one deodorant i think it's called myers uh, it was like yeah. definitely trendy there for a little bit as a natural deodorant. It's wildly popular. Gave me. Well, do you, do you try native 
Oh, did that one give you burns? Uh, Myers gave me chemical, literal chemical burn yeah. under my armpits. Yeah. Horrible. Me, I get those. Uh, what is that? Is it like? It's there's like an, it must be an ingredient. I think it's like baking too. soda. That's what I think, I think right? Because so. you use baking soda to clean yeah. your bathtub. Um, yeah. The native didn't irritate my skin, but I just like didn't love it either. So, uh, I like the the Mega Babe, yes. uh, the chlorophyll yes. one. Mega Bill, okay. except yeah. you can't wear it with a white shirt because it it stains it kind of Ew. green. That's a I drawback. Mm-hmm. But it's great. But don't wear it with a white shirt. Not that you wear. A lot I've of never. White I don't even have a white shirt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I but think you do. I. Yeah. I. I feel like natural deodorant uh, technology has really improved because I definitely when I first moved to LA I was like I'm gonna quit using antiperspirant. Oh, it's also really hot here, and I tried everything, and I was either stinky or had a chemical burn or was just like in agony or <laughs> so staining miserable. my clothes. And so I'm glad I'm there now where I, it's like, yeah, there's, mm-hmm. there's options and like, they're not, they're not even all expensive. Like I said, that Hey Humans brand is $4.99. It's so good. That is amazing. Yeah. I got to get some of that. Get it. You will like it. There's like at least six fragrances. I've turned my whole family onto it because it's accessible oh well, no matter where you live. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I guess that's all we have today. I'm really glad we ended with deodorant. Uh, <laughs> tell me more if you want a special episode about deodorant. Or <laughs> <laughs> talk about the chemical burns. Guys, guys yeah. sometimes I wish I had taken a photo because it was like a purpley mm. red ring around my armpit yeah. and it burned. I would get that. Yeah, I would get that. No, no bueno. Uh, don't, do, don't do that to yourself. Uh, but yeah. Sucks. Uh, Sorry, I hope that like the Myers deodorant people are going to come after us, but sorry, like this is what happened. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, thank you so much to everyone. Uh, we'll be back soon. Uh, you know, maybe in a week or probably in two weeks, but maybe in a week. It depends. You know, I have to go back to Vegas again. So, yeah, it'll probably be a couple, couple weeks. weeks, but I've got a plan. Mm-hmm. I've got a planned episode, and it's a nostalgia oh. one. Excellent. Yes. All right. Talk to you all soon. Bye. Bye.